Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. You know what's funny, Wendy? What? What's funny, Mike? So you know how there's a new Ghostbusters movie, right? Yeah, but I haven't seen it yet. Well, every time there's a Ghostbusters movie released, yeah. a Star Trek movie is released the same month. Whoa, what? Yeah, yeah. Every single time? Well, there's only been three Ghostbusters movies. Right, but... but... Yeah, every single time. So okay. um, July of 1984, they released uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Good one, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then in 1989... They released Star Trek V, The uh, Voyage Home. Yeah, Star Trek V is The Voyage Home. Okay. No, it's not. What am I talking about? What? Star Trek V is The Final Frontier. Sorry. Mike. Sorry. Complete. Star Trek IV was The Voyage Home with the one with oh the whales. The one with the whale. I completely... Ooh. Okay. And then this month, they're releasing Star Trek Beyond. So how many Star Trek movies are there now? Well, there were six with the original cast. Right, okay. And then there was Generations, which featured William Shatner. Right. And then there was three more Star Trek movies after that. So Star Trek First Contact, Star Trek Insurrection, Star Trek Nemesis. Wow, it's a lot of movies. And that had all the um, Next Generation cast. Ah, right. And then they rebooted it with a younger, better looking cast in 2009. <laughs> so Christopher Pine did not have to wear a girdle like William Shatner ah. used to have to wear. Oh. So it's funny, it's just... Every time they release yeah. a Ghostbusters movie, they also release a Star Trek movie. That's, that's I was unaware of that mm-hmm. fact. And so we've never had a Star Trek-focused episode before. So we figured episode 101, we should probably focus on Star Trek for the first time. Well, we did have the Leonard, Leonard Nimoy, Nimoy yeah. tribute. So, and so. we did talk a lot about Star Trek. Yeah. Leonard, of course. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? You're yeah. gonna talk about, when you talk about Leonard Nimoy, a lot of his legacy that's is going true. to be Star Trek. Yes, indeed. So... When I think about um, Star Trek, I think about being a little kid and watching the reruns. Ah, okay. Six o'clock every night on Channel 24, I had the reruns, and I saw all 71 of the original episodes. I think of being an adult and watching the reruns. (laughs) Okay. Right. You can still watch them now, like on MeTV or whatever on Saturday nights. And the funny thing is, like, I'll still watch. I do too. Like, if it comes on, it's like, well, let's see what it's about. And then you're like... I want to watch this episode An hour now. later, you're like, I can't believe I just watched that Star Trek episode for like the 16th time. <laughs> I can believe it. It's fun rewatching some of those. It is fun rewatching. It's fun looking at the hairstyles from the 1960s. Yeah, I love that. I like the reboot though too. Mm-hmm. So I think that Christopher Pine does a, a good William Shatner. Not oh. impression, but he does a, he's a good Captain, Captain Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. And you couldn't have picked a better Scotty. Right. Than Shaun of the Dead himself. <laughs> He does a great job. And Zachary Quinto kind of does a um, Leonard Nimoy imitation as Mr. Yeah. Spock. But I don't think, I mean, it's such an iconic character. I right. don't see how you, you cannot do a Leonard Nimoy imitation, right. you know, when you're doing Mr. Spock. And I mean, Mr. Spock and Uhura getting together. <laughs> okay, do I buy it? I don't know if I buy it. You know, because she, you know, I just not saying Why I don't not? know if I buy it. Okay. Well, because he's all logical and stuff. I just don't think a, a real logical guy oh. would be that fun to go on a date with. Well, that may be true, but that doesn't mean that sure, he these could things be. don't happen. Sure. I mean, he could have some special Vulcan techniques. <laughs> right. Uh, some loving techniques that we don't know about. 
And he probably does, because the Vulcans have the mind meld. Right. Maybe he thinks that the dating will provide him with more like Data. information. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And he is half human. Right. So that's what we're talking about today. The thing is that Star Trek has a ton of psychic powers and telepathy that's and right. ESP and things. And we wanted to talk a little bit about the way that that also integrates with real life ESP research and telepathy. So that, that I mean, that's baked in the very first episode. Well, actually, the very first episode is called uh, The Cage. And that was uh, Jeffrey Hunter played Captain Pike instead of Captain Kirk. Cool thing about Jeffrey Hunter is he's from Milwaukee. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Go Wisconsin. Right. And <laughs> they ended up having to reuse like footage from the, that cage as a pilot they created for the show. And then NBC didn't like that. So NBC had to make a new pilot. Okay. And Jeffrey Hunter didn't want to return to the pilot. So I guess he didn't have a good time playing Captain Pike. Aww. And so he didn't return to it. So then they like, okay, we need somebody. Mm-hmm. And they got William Shatner. Voila. And the, right, and the rest is history. And now you know. And now you know the rest of the story. Is Paul Harvey still alive? I think so, yeah. Yeah. He's got to be 106. Yeah, he's up there in the numbers. Yeah. Paul Harvey is the world's oldest man. (laughs) Anyway, so so that was the second Star Trek episode. The second pilot Mm -hmm. ended up being the episode called Where No Man Has Gone Before. Okay. Which they, you know, they added to the intro text. And then when they made the Star Trek The Next Generation... They didn't make it where no man has gone before. Ah, they made it where no one has gone before. That makes sense. Because in the 60s, well, we've all watched Mad Keep Men. It gender neutral. Right. In the 60s, you could be like, well, we're no, of course, it's where the men are going to go because the women are making us coffee. <sighs> and, uh, and then by the 80s, they're like, well, no, we should probably make it <laughs> gender neutral. So it's a little less. Anyway, that first episode focuses on ESP. Awesome. And there's a character by the name of Gary Mitchell. Which isn't a very, it's not a, you know, it's not much of a villain. You're like, oh. It just sounds like the, every guy, like the, you know. Like a regular dude. Like, oh, it's like Gary. like next door neighbor. Hey, yeah. Gary. Like, you don't What's think up? that Gary's going to have evil psychic powers that no, he can use on you. of course not. Gary's going to, like, get your mail for you when you're on vacation and water <laughs> right. your plants. Right. Gary Mitchell, uh, <laughs> he probably works in hospital billing somewhere. Right. Which is more villainous than, you know. Uh, than we're led to believe. Yes. So, but that's the bad guy in the, in the original pilot. And he has ESP and he can use it to control people's minds and, and things. So, that, I mean, that's right in the first episode. Mm. And they find that when they, they're looking at the old records of the ship, the SS Valiant, that right before the ship disappeared, the crew had done a whole bunch of searches for ESP-related information. So, obviously, in the 60s, when they wrote the episode, they didn't have Google. Like, now you'd say, like, <laughs> well, we looked at their last Google searches and it was all right. ESP. <laughs> And yeah. they, you know, and they probably ended on some clickbait, right? And then the episode would be really boring, <laughs> right? Like nine amazing ways you can read someone else's mind. You'll never believe this trick. <laughs> yeah, this you'll never believe the trick to read other people's, people's minds. minds. So telepathy and ESP is right away into Star Trek from the absolute first episode, and you know Leonard Nimoy. Interestingly enough, now, now listen to this. Listen to some quotes that he does before he goes on In Search Of. Now, if you remember, we talked about In Search Of. Yeah, yeah. A lot. We have on many episodes. Right, because In Search Of is just the, the really first TV show that went into these things. And so this is from 1976, October 8th, 1976. So a month before I was born. Okay. And this is in the Orlando Sentinel. And Leonard Nimoy is about to start in search of. Okay. And he goes, I believe everybody has ESP. 
And I certainly do. And that's, and reading from the article, and that's why he's happy to be hosting a new nationally syndicated TV program this fall <laughs> called In Search Of, exploring ESP, UFOs, and related subjects. Cool. And he says, the new series will depict all kinds of unexplained phenomena, reincarnation, clairvoyance, faith healing, haunted houses, voodoo, the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, and extraterrestrials, said the former Mr. Spock of Star Trek. Oh, man. Speaking about his own ESP, Nimoy said he once communed with the spirit of famed author Edgar Allan Poe. What? It happened when I was in Philadelphia and visited the house that Poe lived in. From the moment I entered, I could feel an intense energy drawing me towards one of the rooms. That's awesome. When I reached the study, the tour guide explained that it was the room where Poe had written his ghost stories. Poe's presence in the room was powerful. He didn't hear a heart beating, did he? <laughs> I felt his mind was communing with mine. Oh. Not in words, but in the tremendous will to overcome the darkness and coldness of the room. It was relaxing and re-energizing, like mm. meditation. It left me in no doubt whatsoever that Poe's spirit had been in touch with me. Wow, that's pretty... Like right, he's sitting right there, like right out there. I mean, like I respect his honesty and his willingness to share such a personal right. Because if you said that today, like that, yeah, like Perez Hilton would do a little drawing on your face, like <laughs> making fun of you. Like, you, well, even back then, I'm sure people probably were like, "What the? He's like, you really like you know? He's just pimping this show. He's trying to get attention I, for I it." I felt Edgar Allan Poe's spirit communing with mine. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's it. Really is it's funny. So, but the fact that Lenny, my Mr. Spock, the man who gave us the Vulcan mind meld. Right. And this is in real life. So it's not just. Not part of this. I mean, like he believed in ESP and he yeah. certainly thought that he had it. Yeah. Cool. And that was an article I discovered. So we didn't find that during our Lenny Nimoy episode, but I just discovered that yeah, this week when I was looking really up Star Trek and telepathy and how they do that. So, I mean, the mind meld is probably the best example of telepathy yeah. to do. So let me explain the mind okay. meld to everybody yes, in, in podcast land. <laughs> so. You usually only do it Vulcan to Vulcan. Okay. So it's not really supposed to be used on humans, even though every time you see Mr. Spock do it. Yeah. <laughs> like he's doing it on people. He's doing it on humans, not on aliens. <laughs> and so basically he puts his hands on your head and then stares at you really intensely yeah. for a, like a minute. And then your minds melt. So he can pick up whatever you're thinking well, and, and vice versa? Yeah, and sharing thought, like you share memories. So the mind meld... He can experience things that you've experienced from yeah. a personal close and, standpoint. And you also experience what he experienced. I see. Okay. So one of the most famous times that he uses the mind meld <laughs> is in the episode Mirror Mirror, where they go into the mirror universe. Oh, right, okay. right. And so in the mirror universe, so they're doing the transporter. And I assume that most of the people who are listening to this podcast have seen this episode because it's the most <laughs> famous episode of Star Trek. And... They do the, the transporter, and the, the transporter accidentally sends them to the mirror universe. So it sends them over, and so you get Goatee Spock, <laughs> yep. and, and Goatee Spock is evil Spock. <laughs> and in the mirror universe, instead of the Federation being a wonderful, friendly union of planets, it's an empire. Ooh. So it's a Terran empire. So it's an Earth-based empire that takes yeah. over other planets, and cool. they're more like the Klingons. They're more warlike. But he's got to explain to the, you know... In the other universe, he's got to kind of show them that he's actually not crazy. Mm, I see. So he uses the mind meld to say, hey, I'm, you know. Yeah. This is, this is not crazy. I'm from this other universe. Check where, this out. Where the Federation <laughs> is peaceful and it's not an yeah. empire. Okay. And everybody's not all crazy. Because uh, also the girls, 
the the female officers in uh-huh. the empire dressed all sexy. The girls. <laughs> yeah, the ladies. Um, hey, ladies. So that's one thing is that that was better, I think. <laughs> in the mirror universe, the ladies were dressed up sexy. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, so he had to use the mind meld because just explaining it with words wouldn't be enough. They wouldn't believe, they wouldn't him, believe him or whatever. Him. So he had to, he actually, had to share like, his memories. Yeah, I got gotcha. And so that's what the mind meld does is you can, you can share memories. Mm-hmm. And it's meant to be done Vulcan to Vulcan because it's very uh, risky. Ah, uh, like nobody's mess up brain cells and things right, like even that. Even though nobody's brain never gets fried from the mind meld. I mean, because it could be an interesting. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, the brain got fried. That's it. So they, they use that in the mirror universe. So uh, like the Vulcans are the ones that have a ton of telepathy. Yeah. You know, that's they're, cool. It's one of their. Yeah. Interesting traits. Yeah. That's one of the best parts about being Vulcan is that you also have like ESP and stuff. Yeah. You have no personality, but. <laughs> right. You have... you're, you're a bore. <laughs> <laughs> you, but you do have some good party tricks to pull out every right, once in a while. Right. You can mind meld yeah. with somebody. And then when Vulcans go into heat. <laughs> oh, too, Like it's called like. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> On far, what? Yeah, and they get all riled up, and because the thing is, the reason the Vulcans had to be so logical is because they used to be way too emotional. Oh, okay. So, like, there's an episode where they go back in a time, and Spock starts reverting to his old state, where in the past Vulcans just they were just crazy emotional, <laughs> and because they got so emotional, that's why they had to. Uh, end up being logical uh, okay. because that kind of solved that that problem. The... Yeah, right. So I mean, think of your think. Of, do, do you know anybody? Do we know anybody that is just way too emotional that could use a little bit of logic? Yeah, yeah. But there you go. <laughs> Give them the Vulcan treatment. We should mind meld them till yeah. they get it. Okay. All right. That's so, the solution. That so easy. Right. Should have thought of that. No more drama queens in the world. Mm-hmm. The, the Vulcans really are the, you know, the, the originators of the ESP. Okay. Now, Star Trek The Next Generation also featured psychic powers. And Deanna Troy okay. was an empath. And she was also oh, cool. half human like Mr. Spock. Right. So Mr. Spock was half human. So Deanna Troy was half human. Okay. She was a betazoid. And Betazoids have empathic powers, so they can feel people's emotions. Okay. And since we've been going to these paranormal conventions now, yeah, I've met people who've said like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm an empath." Oh yeah, no, I've I've talked to people on Twitter all the time. Larry. Yeah. So d- d- when they do that, do they tell I'm angry at them? Oh, <laughs> you know my emotion, like, like, mm. no, but. We've all heard the term empathic, where you try yeah. to understand someone else's emotions. Mm-hmm. An empath is someone that can feel it, like feel your emotion without just talking to you, right? And so, and then Counselor Troy could do it, and like she could sense other people's emotions just over the the monitor, like through the the walkie talkies or whatever, <laughs> right? Well, and pe- over Skype, and people, I mean, and when you talk to mediums and empaths now. Like when we talk to them on Twitter and everything, they're like, well, yeah, we do, I do Skype readings all the time. Mm-hmm. And that always makes me curious. Like, inter- well, so how are they picking that up? Like if we, if we try mm-hmm. to take it as a, um, a scientific explanation. And so in the Star Trek universe, let me, let me go into this real quick. They have these things called psionic fields. Okay. And it's psionic energy. And there is a scientific explanation for telepathy in the Star Trek universe. Ooh. 
So this is from the Memory Alpha Telepathy article, and that quotes from Star Trek Voyager, which was a uh, an okay spinoff of Star Trek. So Star Trek science consultant and writer Andre Bramanis has revealed that telepathy within the Star Trek universe works via the psionic field. According to Bramanis, a psionic field is the medium through which unspoken thoughts and feelings are communicated through space. Some humanoids can tap into this field through a kind of sense organ located in the brain, like the paracortex. Okay. In the same manner that human eyes can sense portions of the electromagnetic field, telepaths can sense portions of the psionic field. So there is a energy mm-hmm. that we can pick up on, that, that some people can pick up on. So that, that was their scientific explanation. So there's a physical medium that people can use to reach other thoughts. Okay. So like we're sitting at a desk now mm-hmm. and I might be able to read your th- thoughts if I can read the psionic field. Ah, okay. Because we're sharing It's like a river field. flowing through yeah. the air here. Yeah. Okay. So there's a, there's a medium yeah. with which we can do it. Transmit like, things. Like radio waves yeah. or things like that. Now, the reason I wanted to say that is because if you do think there's a scientific explanation to telepathy mm-hmm. and ESP, then you would have to have some kind of physical medium with the way we understand things right. now. Yeah, exactly. And when you're a little kid, you'd be like, well, brain waves or something. And in Star Wars, they have the Force. Right. Okay, so the, the Force exists and... And explains everything. Like, right, pretty much. Yeah. Like, it's the catch-all. Right. Like, why can Rey in The Force Awakens just fly the Millennium Falcon like nothing? Right, because the Force. What's the Force? Duh. <laughs> why can a nine-year-old Anakin Skywalker beat the pod race? <laughs> right. Well, he's got... Because the Force. Right, because the Force is strong in this one. And that's the whole idea. So there's a physical medium. And so that's the reason I want to bring that up is because when we talk about people communicating over Skype, so I can read you over mm-hmm. Skype. Well, there's no... Well, maybe the medium can travel through the internet. Well, that would be the thing. Yeah. Or maybe it's like, I mean, there have been experiments with telepathy where people are in different locations far away from each other. Right. messages, right? So, I mean, it's not that different from that. No, it's Except not. you can see the person's face in real time, but... Well, the, I think the idea there, though, is that if we're, if we're talking about psychic powers in the Star Trek universe mm-hmm. as a physical field, mm-hmm. psionic energy, that we can use, and we try to use that expl- explanation in real life. I mean, obviously, I know, I know that Star Trek's not real life. Like, I do, have, I do have two different Star Trek universes. Wait, are you going to tell me, like... Santa Claus isn't real next? What the heck, Mike? No, Santa Claus is totally real. Crush my dreams. I know. I'm a jerk. All right. So that idea. So, and sometimes I think that like, well, if there is some kind of psychic energy, if there is some kind of medium, then it has to be some kind of physical explanation. Mm -hmm. Because you can't just say magic. Like, well, why does this work? Well, magic. Yeah. So it has to be some kind of physical medium through which it happens. At least that's the way that we need to explain it so that we as humans can understand. Right. <laughs> With the laws of physics and nature well, that we have assigned to things. So. And that's why people talk about quantum entanglement. Yeah. Because they don't have to be even near each other. Right. Like quantum part, like yep. those particles don't even have to be near each other. And they can still communicate. Right. And you can just think about things and that's cool. that happens. And so... If what people say about quantum physics is true, well, how, would, how does that work? <laughs> you know, that's the problem. You don't know how it works. The force. Right? It, it's got to be the force. Or, you know, and people will talk about zero-point energy and they talk about quantum physics. And I think a lot of people that talk about quantum physics take those particular 
uh, experiments that show like, well, when you think about a result, it happens. And remember, this is happening not like I think about that pillow over there, like turning over and I can think about that pillow and it will just turn over if I think yeah. about it hard enough, even though when you're a kid. Oh, I used to try that all the time. Right. You <laughs> know, move the pencil. I look at always, staring at it and yeah. thinking how many pencils have been unmoved by our minds <laughs> yep. over uh, the past you know, 30 years. <laughs> and that's funny because when you think about the force and you, you think about Luke Skywalker hanging upside down in the Empire Strikes Back in the Wampa's cave. <laughs> yeah. And then he uses the force to get the lightsaber. And that's right. how he And so that's the idea. Like, because they show him concentrating. He's like, yep. use the force, Luke. And then he uses it and then it comes flying over to him. So that's what we all tried to do. Yeah. But with these tiny, tiny particles, mm-hmm. it works. Yeah, it does. And so I think people use that and they're like, well, you know, it's psychic powers. Okay. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe not. Everything's on a scale, right? Right. So it's funny in the newer Star Trek. So in the, in the Star Trek, it's not really a reboot. Okay. So the movie that's coming out is the third in the new Star Trek oh, series. Oh, right, right. So J.J. Abrams, who directed the last mm-hmm. Star Wars movie. Yep. And who gave us Lost. So mm-hmm. his, his ideas were Lost. Um, person of Interest and, oh, Fringe, oh. which I thought was a great show. Yeah. Fringe was a great show. And he took those writers from Fringe and then they developed the first Star Trek movie. And you could tell with his first Star Trek movie, he really wanted to make a Star Wars movie. Like he, Aww. he, what he wanted to do was make Star Wars, Yeah, but they gave him Star Trek. So he just did what he could with it. Yeah. He's made it as Star Wars-y as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and... It's funny what they did with it, though, because so there was all this. And, and I admit, I also was annoyed originally by a Ghostbusters <laughs> reboot instead of yeah. a sequel. Yep. And we talked about this in episode 100. We talked about the Ghostbusters. Like, yeah, it's such a rich universe. Why not make a sequel? So we have such a, a huge universe in Star Trek. Yeah, it is. Let's, let's make a sequel instead of rebooting it. Like, why do we need somebody new yeah, to play we've Captain already, Kirk? We've already seen that story. Like, Why do we need a new Mr. Spock? We had a perfectly good Mr. Spock Mr. Sp- 50 The years. best. Well, what they did was they changed the timeline. Uh, so there's a character in the original timeline and they had to do a whole comic book series hmm. leading up to. So people were like, well, they didn't freak out over the Star Trek reboot. They ab- people absolutely. Oh, there was an. Oh, I'm sure. Freaked out over the Star Trek. It's just in 2009. There yeah. weren't like Gawker articles about it, but people absolutely freaked out about it. So they had to have a like a four <laughs> issue comic book. Series. I bought an explanation this. of I why. I bought this. It was the only comic books I ever bought on my Funny. phone, using the Next Generation cast because the character that changes the timeline goes back in time and changes the no timeline way. by destroying Vulcan. Uh, you know, uh, 75 years in the okay. past. Okay. The char- Eric Bana's character is a Romulan yeah. that does it. They have four episodes of like the Next Generation cast wi- or four comic books with the Next Generation interacting with oh, this wow. character okay. that eventually goes back in time, ah, changes okay. the timeline and creates a whole new... So we can have new adventures with the same characters. <laughs> so yeah, people did freak. The That's only, elaborate. The only way they got around people freaking out was saying that... Yes, the originals still exist. The original universe still exists. Mm-hmm. It's this is this is an alternate timeline oh, created. Man. Right. Talk about nerd stuff. Right. And most people didn't even realize that. They're like, well, it's, everybody's freaking out. <laughs> it's oh, not what a, are they doing? What's going on? Okay, okay. Excuse me. Sense. It's not a reboot, sir. It's an alternate timeline. We like to consider it, it the same universe uh, is still there. 
because, untouched. Well, because Leonard Nimoy appears in both of the, the oh, sequels. Oh, okay. So he, in Star Trek and... St- oh, I... Star Trek no Into Darkness. <laughs> and, That's right. I mean, I'm not going to try to spoil a four-year-old movie now. Wow, that's sad. Um, so, well, he, now here's how J.J. Abrams screwed up when they made the Star Trek Into Darkness. Because he said that they weren't going to remake The Wrath of Khan. Okay. And The, uh, the Wrath of Khan has particular... That was one of the first movies I saw in a drive-in. Oh, wow. That's cool. For some reason, my mother had all these free tickets to a drive-in in like the summer of 1982. So awesome. I think I saw the Wrath of Khan like three times oh in a drive-in in 1982. It's great. And the Wrath of Khan, I mean, spoiler alert for a 34-year-old movie, <laughs> uh, Mr. Spock dies <gasps> in the... Yeah, I know. I ruined it for you. Yeah. <sighs> so that happened in 1982. No, I, I actually have seen that one. Good. And, but I mean, so J.J. Abrams said when they made Star Trek Into Darkness, he's like, don't worry, we're not remaking the Wrath of Khan. Oh, okay. And Benedict, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah. Sherlock, was going to be the uh, bad guy. And they oh, said he was okay. the villain, mm-hmm. but he played a character named John Harrison. And J.J. Abrams was like, this is not the same. This is not Khan. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. It's not Khan. Huh. And then everybody sees the movie. And it's Khan. It's Khan. Like, he just... <laughs> He doesn't just, they, it was like the worst kept secret that they were remaking kind of Wrath of Khan. And they take the most famous emblematic uh, of see. Star Trek. Yeah. And another reason it didn't make any sense is because in the original universe, there's an episode called Space Seed. Okay. And that's when they introduce the character of Khan. So in the 1960s, you have a whole episode. That's cool. And the idea of the movie is that they took a continuation yeah, from the TV series. I love that. And did it. It's very cool. But in the reboot universe, the <laughs> alternate timeline, yeah. they didn't have the original episode. So d- things didn't make as much sense gotcha. in, the, in the alternate timeline. So a lot of people hated Star Trek Into Darkness, even the biggest Star Trek fans in the world. Uh-huh. So Jeff, our old roommate Jeff, uh-huh. is the biggest Star Trek fan is, like on the yeah. planet. What about Andy? Andy's a huge Star Trek fan, but he's Andy's like a original series guy. Oh, okay. So he's like me. Like some people have their favorite Star Trek series. Mm-hmm. Like Ben, our guitar player, really likes Star Trek The Next Generation. Right. Yeah. And I do too. Mm-hmm. And Jeff really likes Star Trek. He likes Deep Space Nine. So that's how much wow. of a, like he's like, he's like my, my favorite of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> You're like, what? Like, I didn't even know those people existed. And I can see why people like Star Trek Next Generation the best. Mm. But I, to me, I like the original brand. Yeah. The original series, Star Trek yeah. TOS, for me, is just my favorite. And I can rewatch those episodes. Yeah. <laughs> as cheesy or whatever they are. Probably because it makes me think about being a kid. Yeah, or, nostalgia. But I, I think a lot of them still hold up. I do too. And, right, because me TV, like, you'd be caught in it. You'd be like, oh, God, I know it's Saturday night, but this is really good. Yeah. Um, and you see them and they don't have all the special effects and everything, but they just... The heart is there so much. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they redid a whole, for syndication, oh, right. yep. they redid special effects in all these old episodes. Mm-hmm. And, ah. Uh, right. I, but I mean, you can only redo so like. <laughs> and even, spe- even Star Trek special effects from the 1960s, even though you know it's some back lot yeah. in Hollywood or, you know, Burbank or whatever, and the skies are always orange. Like, it's always the same orange sky or whatever. They're still better than Doctor Who special effects. Oh. Even up to, like, 1989, the, the special effects on Star Trek from 1966 it make Doctor Who look like a, a high school production. 
You know, like they wow. like they borrowed the wardrobe. <laughs> like I think my mom's got some kind of mask she used for Halloween last year. And the Doctor Who's guy's like, "We'll take it. No, it's, bring the mask over. We need That's, that. We it's, we need a monster for this episode." Nice accent. Thank you. So, um, why, why are we talking about for Star Trek in the Darkness? And mm-hmm. the thing is with Star Trek, I talk about it all day because it's my, you know, I, I know, I love it's it. It's a very exciting topic. I love it. So, but Star Trek in the Darkness. So even like Jeff, our old roommate, yeah, and we'll ta- I'm going to tag him on Facebook so we talked about him in this episode because <laughs> he loves it. And when Star Trek Generations came out, we were in high school, and were we seniors yet? Ju- Nothing. We were still juniors. Anyway, when Generations came out, we all wore a Star Trek uniform to school that day. That's that awesome. But you guys were real popular. Among yeah, the, the chicks the cool loved kids. us. They're like, "Hey, who's that? Who's that cool guy in the next generation <laughs> uniform?" That's me, baby. Forget the quarterback. That's the guy that I want to get to know. Right. <laughs> you know what was the funny thing is that maybe about ten years ago, one of our friends was touring through Madison, and she was a singer songwriter, and she played it like a room of one's own or something like okay. that. We have a feminist bookstore in Madison yeah. that has uh, bands sometimes or, or so singer-songwriters, especially when they're women. Right. Obviously, a room of one's own is based on an essay by a feminist that said like, when we get a room of our own kind of thing. Mm. Anyway, go see her. And it was like a Tuesday or something. And then we go out for like beer afterwards. And I'm talking about it. And some comes up. I'm like, like I got a Star Trek uniform in my closet. And I'm like, that's cool. And she's like, my ex-husband had a Star Trek uniform in the closet. And I was like, I, uh, uh, you triggered some kind of a bad right, memory. Some kind her. of bad memory. Oh. She's like, my ex-husband oh, had a Star Trek uniform in the closet. And I'm like, well, he wasn't as cool as me. That's sad to think that any kind of Star Trek thing could trigger a sad memory. Like, right, some kind of no, angry. to associate it with. Oh, that's sad. That's like, sad. hey. I feel bad for her. All right, well. She sounds like, like, what's he doing tonight? Mike. <laughs> Wow. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, but a lot of hardcore Star Trek fans hated Star Trek in the Darkness because they thought it, it veered too far away. I see. Because usually when you're a fanboy or something, or a fangirl now, sure. like there's fan people now, <laughs> like, then you uh, you love everything they put out. Right. Like I just- was... I was yeah. a Doctor Who fanboy, like in the, you know, I would, like, whatever's cool with me. Mm-hmm. And it was Star Trek too. But, um, they hated Star Trek in the Dark. <laughs> so this new movie, Star Trek Beyond, we'll see if... Oh, what happens with that? Right. Because people already... Because this is from the director of The Fast and the Furious. Ah, okay. So to get this meathead director in there, <laughs> Justin Lin, who I'm sure has done some good work and stuff. And he did yeah. a couple episodes of the last True Detective season. So the guy from the... Is the guy from the... How, how's the guy from The Fast and the Furious going to handle Star right. Trek? Like, is I'm the rock gonna, like, is the like, rock going to beam in? It's all going to be shots of spaceships just going really fast, <laughs> like flying around space. Like, can you smell what the rock is cooking? Like, oh man, kind of thing. So we'll see what people think about Star Trek Beyond. But it's co-written by Simon Pegg, uh, Scotty, and Simon Pegg, or I refer to him as Shaun of the Dead sometimes yeah. still, even though I've seen every single thing he's been involved in. He's a he's a pretty bona his geek bona fides are are pretty secure. Oh, okay. And so since he did the writing, uh, at least on half of the script, mm-hmm. we'll see if you know what people interesting, yeah, right? Sure. If it sticks to it. Anyway, we're not talking about enough psychic powers here. We just, just keep right. on talking about Star Trek. I know it's it's like Get Star Trek. We should be wearing the Star Trek. 
uniforms <laughs> we right now. We should make ourselves wear the Star Trek uniforms whenever we talk about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. That would be. So, but the idea is that a lot of aliens in Star Trek have psychic powers. You know, well, mm-hmm. Q from Star Trek Next Generation. Mm-hmm. So he's like a god, he's a godlike character. Okay. That he can read people's minds. You know, make things appear out of people's minds. Okay. Kind of deal. Yeah. And they never really explain like where his powers come from. Like, is mm-hmm. that the psionic field? Is that psionic energy? And actually something interesting, a directive that they had in the writer's room, the Star Trek The Next Generation Writer Director's Guide. And I think this is interesting because they had a character like Q who's a, a magical character. Like he comes from a different dimension and things, but he can do, you know, magical things. Magic. Magic. Number two in the Writer's Guide says... We do not do stories about psi forces or mysterious psychic powers. No matter how fantastic the events in a story, the explanation must be extrapolated from a generally accepted science theory. Mm. We have accepted the telepathy of Consular Deanna Troy because many reputable scientists have acknowledged the possibility of such abilities. But you will note that we have limited Troy to reading only emotions. Interesting. Huh. So I do think that's interesting is that they had, you know, characters who were basically magical, but they were like, no, you got to be somewhere in the realm of science. There has to be an explanation here. Mm -hmm. That is pretty cool. In that kind of thing. (laughs) And I don't know about the reputable scientists that actually say, like, I think in this environment Mm -hmm. right now, like this is, they wrote this back in the 80s. Yeah. So in this environment right now, if we went down to UW, the University of Wisconsin, we went down to the University of Wisconsin and walked into the psychology department and asked one of the researchers... (laughs) What do you think about psychic powers? They would laugh us out of that. Do you think? Yeah, I do think. Because when I was, well, this was 20 years ago when we were in college. But I would always get excited about parapsychology. Yeah. So I would do experiments. And we did, right. a, we did a telepathy experiment. We talked about it in the last episode. Yeah, yeah. We did telepathy experiments. And so the telepathy experiment that I did was called the Gonsfeld, which mm-hmm. is German for whole field. Okay. And so now we're going to get into this because it's sensory deprivation. <laughs> So you shine a red light, they put ping pong balls over the eyes so you can't see anything. You have headphones on with white noise so you can't hear anything. And you're only sitting in a place, you're not touching anything. So the idea is that the whole field, you are- Like a float room. Bingo. And we're going to go to the float room. You're going to go. And check it out um, pretty soon. (laughs) So you get to spend an hour. Okay. Yeah. The float room, for those not familiar with it, what is it? It's it's like a, a bathtub with salt. In it or something? Well, it's a tank. A tank. Yeah, but not okay. like a, not like a tank that blows things up, but like a, it's like a yeah. tank. You go into like a tank of water, a sensory deprivation tank. You go into a tank of water, and, and it's dark in there. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Completely dark, completely black. No sound can get in. So you get into this tank, and it's full <laughs> of salt water, and you just float for an hour, and then you just meditate or whatever, or, or reflect what, whatever comes or, into your head. Okay. But the idea is that when people use this. Gonsfeld sensory deprivation, mm-hmm. the psychic images transmitted, or the things that they can pick up. Oh, yeah, because you don't have the distractions of all your senses picking up on things continuously. They statistically beat chance almost in every experiment. Wow. And that's the idea, that cool. there is something there yeah. because they're beating chance. Right. And even in my experiment in college, we beat chance. So with 30 different participants. By they, what percentage did you beat chance like? Was it a like, lot or was it just like slightly more than half, like the coin flip thing? It was like 40%. So like by chance, you would say it would be 25%. would be the only way. So by using statistics, extrapolated out to about 40% of 
the people were sending messages to each other psychically. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you, you beat chance. Yeah. And when you have enough people and it beats ch- like yeah. there's something there. Sample size is large enough you can mm-hmm. And so that would maybe the reputable scientists they're talking about. Ah, okay. It was you. Well, it wasn't me, <laughs> but it, it, most of this most of this research is done in Europe. Uh-huh. And that's where they're doing. I mean, that's why it's a German word, Gonsfeld. But now they have these sensory deprivation tanks where you can go and and try them out. And you're going to do one. Yes, absolutely. I'll see how yours goes, then maybe I'll consider it. (laughs) Well, I mean, what would you do for an hour if you couldn't hear, see? I don't know. I I don't know what my brain would do. So the the quietest room in the the world. That's right. In Minneapolis, right? In Minneapolis. And I want to try that. It's like negative decibels. So crazy. And you can hear your own heartbeat mm-hmm. and stuff. And it yeah. says that people can't handle it for more than 15 or 20 Yeah, minutes. because your brain is so used to having the continuous din of life going on around you. Right. As soon as you get the telltale heart, you freak right? out. Right? Like, who's I can imagine. Who's, was it the heartbeat of someone I killed? <laughs> <laughs> but the float tank isn't that, I mean... It's not going to be that quiet. It's not that quiet, but it's still, there's no outside sounds coming in. So you right. just hear what's going, I mean, I guess you'll hear a lot of, uh, I mean, I guess it sounds like somebody's swimming. But the, you hear the water sloshing around yeah. and stuff. But the floating part's cool because you don't even feel the sensation of a chair, you know, or gravity, like mm-hmm. things that you're always used to having some kind of something touching you or, you know, so, so I think that's the that, kind of telepathy cool. that people send each other messages. So are you going to try to send somebody a message while you're in there? Or? I don't know because it would have to be somebody else floating at the oh, same time. Oh yeah. But we're going to talk about sending people messages in a little bit because there's also research done in Russia in the 1960s. And that research was that when people were in an alpha state, uh-huh. so we talked about alpha waves before yeah. in, in an alpha state in our episode about audio and how audio can, yeah, the binaural beats. Binaural beats. Uh, yeah. And so when people were in an alpha state in Russia, the, the research they showed was that when they tried to send each other a message, when two people were in that state trying to send each other a message, they didn't necessarily get the message, but they showed the waves being interfered with. Or like when mm, they had a... They that's had the, cool. Right. They had the, you know, the reading the brain yeah. waves. Well, there was spikes in the brainwaves uh-huh. at the time that the other person was trying to send the message. So if they said like, okay, it's 12.05, we're going to try to send the yeah. message right now. 12.05 was when the brainwaves spiked uh, and, on the receiving end. Cool. So that's the kind of... T- so Science. Science. That's about as good as telepathy as we're going to well, get. Well, that's pretty good. Well, for now anyway. It's not until, like in the X-Men. But I mean, we just might not have the tools to be able to sense. I mean, our tools probably are kind of primitive exactly compared to the vulcans who can just right. cut your head and then meld minds together yeah. kind of so thing. there might be something there that we just can't pick up with the technology that we have mm-hmm. right now so so we'll see if mr spock does any mind melding in the new star trek movie and i'm rooting for it yeah because i want i want star trek to be great and i know a lot of people have already said it's gonna suck and it's now, like why would you do that because they don't like the trailer i know but come on give it a chance i think you should give it a chance too because we can't make a judgment about it until we've seen it. Right, exactly. And even though it might not be your Star Trek, your Star Trek still exists. And they're going to make mm. a new series. And we'll, we'll do a full, some more Star Trek stuff Ooh, when the new, new series. series comes out in 2017. Ooh, so that's C- soon. Yeah. So CBS is, there hasn't been a new Star Trek show since Enterprise went off the air. Our man's got Right, Bacula. it's been a long time. Yeah. Like it feels like 10 anyway. years. <laughs> that or is more. a long time. Yeah, I think it was more than 10 years. There hasn't been a new Star Trek show on TV in the same universe in, I mean, a decade. 
So what's happening is the guy that did the, the Hannibal show on mm. NBC, and he also did Pushing Daisies and a reboot of The Monsters. <laughs> um, which I never saw, but it had Eddie, Eddie Izzard as I kind of remember that, actually. I remember yeah. hearing about it, but There's I don't a, know if I saw it. The, it was supposed to be a whole show, but it ended up just being like a pilot <laughs> episode. episodes. Aww. You know, so it didn't, it didn't make it. Didn't but go over well. Eddie Izzard is Aww. grandpa, and I love Eddie Izzard. That's pretty awesome. So they're doing a new show. It's going to be in, in the CBS streaming network. So CBS is making a streaming network like Netflix. Okay. Oh, right. I'd have heard about that. And Star Trek's going to be the first show. On. Oh, man. So the new Brilliant st- move. Right. So, right. Because everybody's going to be like, oh. Brilliant move. Right, you wouldn't s- sign up for just a regular show, but it's like yeah. yeah it's but I heard that the streaming app or whatever, you don't have to um, like you can use it just with regular internet. You don't have to have, you know how some of the streaming apps, yeah, they'll ask you for oh your Time Warner right. login or whatever. And I heard for the CBS one, it's just free and open to everybody, so you don't need to have cable. But it's going to be a paid service. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, so it's gonna be a paid, right. Okay. Well, it's, so it's going to be a Star Trek. Then it might be worth it. Right. Like, we'll see. We'll see what it is. Like, I'm not going to be sitting there and watch CS, like CSI, <laughs> you know, whatever they have, like CSI Milwaukee or whatever right, they're going right. to have now. <laughs> <laughs> or NCIS, you know, in all the different places. Yeah. So, so they're having a new Star Trek series next year. But I'm still rooting for this movie to be great. Because number one, I want everything that Simon Pegg does to be great because I love Simon Pegg. Like, and I think he deserves, mm-hmm. as a fellow ginger, even though I feel like I'm not really a ginger, but the beard is enough. Yeah, like, you're I'm the like, ginger beard man. Run, run as fast as you can. And uh, as a fellow ginger, I want him to succeed. <laughs> just to show that redheads can't have, have it all. Well, that's a great reason. <laughs> that's, a, that's fabulous. But I also, just, I, I also just want a great Star Trek movie. Yeah. And I, Into Darkness was not it. Okay. Didn't do it for you. Well, it wasn't bad. I mean, it's still, a, it, was, it was cool. But the whole time you're comparing it to Wrath of Khan, uh, yeah. you know, and it's just like, well, this isn't, Yeah. where's Ricardo Montalban talking about rich Corinthian leather? <laughs> so Star Trek Beyond, I don't know if it's going to have any psychic powers in it because I really don't know anything about the movie except okay. it's directed by the Fast and the Furious guy yeah. and The Rock makes a cameo. Well, that's going to be exciting. The Rock doesn't make a cameo. That's just, <laughs> I want to start that rumor right now nice. that The Rock has a cameo in the new Star Trek. But it's still exciting to even not know much about it, you know, just to mm-hmm. go into something and not and just ready for the, like, let's go. Well, speaking of celebrity, I mean, they did do a celebrity cameo in Star Trek Six. Oh? Uh, probably one of your old crushes, Chris, uh, Christian Slater. Oh, of course. Uh, Christian Slater was a big Star Trek fan and they have him in Star Trek 6 which was the last movie they made with the original cast oh and okay because it was the last movie they made with the original cast they even had all of their signatures appear on the screen Aww. at the end of the movie it was kind of a nice send off yeah because now I mean DeForest Kelly is dead uh, Bones wow. and Leonard Nimoy is dead but everybody else mm-hmm. is kind of still holding on oh no James Doohan's dead too Scotty but Nichelle Nichols, Uhura, and obviously William, yeah. William Shatner is going to be, he's going to be around till he's, yeah. I mean, Let's he's hope. like 84. Yeah. You know. Still going strong too. Yeah. He's like the Betty White of, <laughs> right. like the male version of Betty White. The Betty White. No, of, that's, that's a horrible hint. <laughs> no. He's the but, Betty White of guys that wear wigs. <laughs> and so it's such a six. Christian Slater like shows up just to deliver like a message. Mm, okay, as an ensign or whatever. Yeah, he shows up. That's and awesome. Like, hey, it's Christian Slater. Like, yeah. what's good? And so, celebrity cameo just drops in there. Yeah, so you can't just say like, "Well, it's a stunt cameo," because oh, right, they did it in the original. Huh. So we'll see. But you know, something we were talking about before 
was alpha waves. Yes. So I think what we want to do this week is set up our first listener experiment. Whoa. Our first like telepathy listener okay. experiment. All right. So this week, instead of writing a, a, a song. Mm-hmm. Um, like a pop song. Right. This is more of a kind of a meditation track. Uh, okay. That uses the binaural beats to get you in the alpha state. Ah, Okay. And some of the melodies are inspired by Star Trek. So like, there'll oh, be some yay. soft melodies in the background that are inspired by Star Trek. So what do we want them to do? Do we have specific instructions for the experiment? Or Well, I think what we should do is have people try to send each other like a one-word message. Mm, okay. So take a, either a one-word message or a picture. I'm not sure yet. But if we put the picture up, like let, let's stick it to the one-word message. Okay. And we're, it's going to be five minutes of alpha waves. And so try to send each other that one word message. Okay. So you and your friend, and it needs to be at the same time, right? Correct. So you say, okay, at 6 p.m., play the song, and one of you is the sender, one of you is the receiver. Correct. So you figure that out, who's going to send, who's going to receive, and the sender focuses on one thinking word. about the, the word, and then the receiver just tries to stay tries open. Tries to pick up that. And so try to guess the word. Okay. And then we'll talk about the results in a couple of weeks as they come in. And cool. we'll do the experiment too. Oh, Yeah. And let's put the instructions in the show notes at othersidepodcast.com slash 101. Episode 101. Yeah. Already. Wow. On our second. <laughs> we say that about every, every. I know. It just, it still blows. My mind is blown. Mind blown. We've talked about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. 101 to be exact. Well, actually 102 because we had an episode zero. So, you know, lest we forget. And we, right. And it was funny. We we're talking about this week. Like, oh, should we just use an old you know, song we wrote for the podcast? And I'm like, oh, well, let's see. Do we have any songs inspired by Star Trek? Uh, oh, God. Yes. Like a ton. Like, I, I guess I didn't realize. Number one, the slingshot effect. Oh, right. Yeah. Is based on the slingshot effect. Yeah. And they, they use that in the original series. They yeah. do the slingshot effect to go around the oh, sun. Yeah, the they time. go back to the 1960s. Then in Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, they use the slingshot effect to go back to save the whales. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, well, that obviously slingshot effect. We have an album named after that song. <laughs> right. And then um, The Fire in Which We Burn. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a quote from a, a poem by Delmore Schwartz, but right. also it's, I mean, the first time I heard that was when it's said by Soren. He's in quoting it. Star Trek Generations. <laughs> right. Uh, Malcolm McDowell's character. And then The Final Frontier, when we wrote that song for NASA. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's another Star Trek song. Wow. Plus the Leonard Nemo. Like, oh, yeah. Don't forget Shakari. So. It's just funny that I was like, oh, do we have any Star Trek songs? We should link know. all those in the show notes. Too. We will. But we have a whole bunch of songs inspired by Star Trek. Wow, so we really when, do. When we actually have a Star Trek episode, we want to focus on the science. <laughs> science. So uh, the podcast notes are going to be at othersidepodcast.com slash 101. And that's the explanation for how you can run the telepathy experiment. Yes. With both people in the alpha state of their brain. Mm-hmm. Trying to send each other a one-word message. And if you do it, please, please send us your results because we'd love to share that with everybody. And you can either email us, show at othersidepodcast.com. Or you can tweet, tweet us at othersidetalk. Or you can, um, if you want to record yourself telling us what happened, mm-hmm. send us the MP3. We can Edit include that, that in the show. Sure. So we're going to try our first psychic experiment in episode 101 of the Podcast. So let's get to that right now. So here's five minutes of Alpha Waves, a little Star Trek melody influence. And, okay, close your eyes, put some ping pong balls over them if you got them. (laughs) Put in your headphones and don't do the, like, 
I feel like we have to say this. And I don't know if legally it doesn't cover us at all. Mm. If you're driving. Oh, obviously. Jeez. Come on. But a lot of people listen to podcasts when they're driving. True. But I feel like we need to say that yeah. because in case somebody's no, like, well, I'm going to do this in well, rush hour. Our audience is smart enough to I do. I think do you guys that. are. Come on. I think you guys are brilliant. And that's um, why I think you have psychic powers. Yeah. Too. Oh, another thing you could do, too, is you could just, if you're in the same room, you could just play on your speakers. You could play the song. Two people in the same room. Yes. But the thing is binaural beats to get in the alpha state. You have to have the right oh, and left on your separation. headphones. Yeah. Oh, okay. I gotcha. So oh, right. never mind. There's been some research on monaural beats mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be stereo to necessarily get the same effect. Mm. But for experimental sake, yeah, we're let's con- keep it. We're consistent. controlling yeah. the variables okay, fine, here. Fine. I got it. Okay. The vision of like two people sitting on a couch next to each other with ping pong balls over their eyes, like, <laughs> like listening to the Star Trek song, just had me excited for a I second. Know, it'd be I don't totally know why. cool. And if you got the Hue app or whatever, you can change the oh, lights to that's red. Right? Yeah, you have that, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, so cool. I did that, and I um, I don't really use it enough. Like I just use it to make the lights yeah. normal. Except sometimes when I'm getting ready to go out or whatever, I'll set it so that they flash with music and things like that. That's so cool. Make it feel like a party. Yeah, I've got one of those LED light strips that does the different colors. It gets you going. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So that's the thing. So turn on those red lights, get those ping pong balls in your eyes, put in your headphones, and then... And then time it with your friend, the receiver. And send each other a message. Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's get psychic. Engage.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. And you just float in the complete darkness. And it's salt water, so you can float. Okay. And cut the grass. (sighs) And... It's not that much grass right over here. He's got to go by quick. I swear, every time, every time, recording. It's not going to be that quiet. No, it's not going to be that... Son of a... It's going to be quieter than this. I know. I swear they sit and they wait until I take a microphone out and then they <laughs> like, Quick, go mow now! Well, wouldn't it be better to mow after it's going to rain? I don't think they care. They have their schedule. And they just oh, right. Sure. It's not just like the local guy. Right. They have a, they have a service. They're like, we got to get Prairie Hills done quick so we can go do Nantucket or whatever. Bring the mask over. That's, we, it's, we need a monster for this episode. <laughs>